This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Now, back to your tech report. Welcome back to your tech report. He is Mitchell Whitfield in Los Angeles. I am Marco Flalo in Montreal. Thank you guys for being here. If you want to follow along, it is at your tech report on all our social media. Mitchell, we always get giddy when it comes to interview time. We actually, I think, the we overuse the phrase that we're excited about what's coming up, but I think it's because we're excited about what's coming up. No, I don't think it's overused. I think it's genuine. We That's the beauty of having your own radio show, Mark. We can have the people on and the companies on that genuinely excite us because it makes the show interesting and fun. And you know you know what's really cool to me, Mark? And here's you know sort of like my little segue into this interview with this company that we really both love. So you know you've made it. When the name of your product becomes synonymous with the name of an entire sector. And what I mean by that is, as way of a segue here, uh, in the world of robotic vacuums, and there, there are different brands. Of course, there's only really one main brand, which we're talking to right now. But people say, oh, you have a Roomba, right? But now Roomba is being referred to as any robotic vacuum. But guess what, Mark? There's only one Roomba. And it's only made by one company, and that's iRobot. And they do a whole lot more. And that is why we're excited about this interview. You know, this is why Mitchell's part of the show, because you make these perfect mm-hmm. segues. It's like, you, 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 you know what? You <laughs> it's just, true, though. You earned your paycheck for another week. Thank you so much. I appreciate um, that. Our guest this week uh, from iRobot, our Brent Hild, Senior Product Manager. Welcome, Brent. Thank you for being here. Thank you. Glad to be here. And Michelle Gattuso, VP of Digital, as well for the same company. Michelle, thank you for being here. Thank you. Uh, we we enjoy having more than more than us on the show because really we get tired of each other. We but, really uh, do. <laughs> uh, I will open the floor to you guys. Um, give give our listeners a little bit of a of a backstory. I mean, you know, your company has been around for for quite some time now. No, we're not talking about the eighteen hundreds, but you know, twenty years ago or eighteen years ago, um, uh, iRobot was was born, um, and and today we are here to talk about your very cool products, and not only the products, but the services that go along with it. So if if you will, one of you, I, I, I throw the floor to you, um, give us a little bit of a backstory. Sure. Uh, iRobot's actually been around for 30 years, Ooh. and we started off in uh, defense and space. Um, but really, I think what we're most known for is, of course, the Roomba. And the very first Roomba was created uh, back in 2002, so 18 years ago, at the same time as the first generation iPod, so quite some time ago. And uh, since then, we've just been improving upon it, making it better and better. And it wasn't, uh, I think, a major milestone in our company. It was really in 2015, and that was the introduction of the Roomba 980. And the Roomba 980 was our first systematically cleaning robotic vacuum cleaner. So now you had a robot that cleaned in nice, straight rows. It would clean your whole home. And that really kicked off um, this flurry of activity that you see with iRobot today in terms of our products. Um, we also introduced at that same time cloud connectivity. So we were one of the first robots that's actually connected to the internet so you can command it with an app. And from there, it went on to mapping your home, integrating with uh, Alexa and Google Home. And then we just worked on developing the products and we came out in 2018 with the Roomba i7 and the i7 Plus. And this was our first robotic vacuum cleaner that actually had a clean base attached to it. So right. Prior to that, you always had to empty the bin after it cleaned your home, right? Well, now you don't have to. You have a, essentially a vacuum for your vacuum. So it would 
vacuum out the robot so you wouldn't have to worry about it for literally months at a time. And our intelligence of the robot increased as well. And we came out what we call an imprint smart mapping. Essentially that allows the robot to learn your home. So it essentially knows what the kitchen is and knows what the living room is. And it, it's a great, <laughs> a great customer experience because you can just say, you can literally say, uh, Alexa, tell Ruma to clean the kitchen. It knows where the kitchen is. It just goes <laughs> off and, and it's done. Um, and since then, even uh, in 2019, we keep adding all these new features. One of them is keep out zone. So if there's areas where you don't want the robot to go, like uh, holiday decorations or pet bowls or something like that. Um, we also have a mopping robot. And so we created what we call imprint link. So we actually have robots talking to each other, which is pretty wild. So, you know, the vacuum goes out and vacuums. And when it's done, it comes back, it docks and it says, hey, I'm done vacuuming. Why don't you go out and mop? And then the Brava M6 pops out, goes out, cleans and and, uh, and finishes mopping. And really kind of the, the next big innovation really is all about iRobot Genius, which is is definitely in Michelle's camp when it comes to that new experience. So I'll yeah, you know, I, to that, sorry, is the, the progression over time has really been this utilitarian robot. And it came to be more of this consumer robot in 2015, where we started connecting and learning about what do users do and how do they use it. And so our goal, um, Colin had this vision that they had to be truly autonomous. Like that's how they work and function best in your house. And so we were driving towards the smart, the clean base where you wouldn't have to touch it, it just cleans um, and empties the, the bin. And you could go like three months without having to touch it. Um, but what we've learned in the past year and that's the importance behind this genius is looking to see how users have used their robots um, now that we can look into the connectivity, um, how frequently are they running them? Are they doing these direct room cleans as we said? Um, it's really about going to this collaboration um, similar to any other person in your house. You don't want it just kind of doing things the way it wants to do it. You want it to work the way you want it to work. So that's kind of the beauty and the, and the reason why genius was developed is the understanding of this platform to ensure that the way that the robot moves in the house um, is to your satisfaction. And it's a really a, a more personalized experience. Well, you know what, Michelle, and this is both to you and Brent. This is Mitchell, by the way. Um, one of the things Mark and I talk about, just in case you didn't know a different voice, um, one of the things Mark and I always talk about is the importance, uh, sort of the symbiotic relationship between software and hardware and how people can have, or any company can have a great piece of hardware, but without the software to run it and to help that product evolve over time, it, it makes no difference. But, the, you know, your products are a perfect example of that relationship between software and hardware because these are products the Roomba can learn over time can evolve over time new features can be added not just by developing new hardware or designing add-on pieces but by increasing the intelligence the ai so you really have a platform here this this robotic like any mobile phone like any mobile device it's a platform that can evolve and can adapt to a user's needs over time just by getting updates right that's exactly right and so you know brent talked about five years ago how we came out with the app and the app at that point was really a remote control. It started and it ended the, the, the mission, we call them. Um, but the app has evolved to the point where we just launched in August last month, um, our new uh, iRobot home app that is a, it's really a home control. It's where all of this functionality sets up. So um, the voice control also that Rand talked about with Alexa or with Google, um, rather than going to those apps and just doing like two or three functions, if you set them up within our own app, you now have multiple functions. So for example, uh, we've learned the easiest time to clean your house is when no one's there. 
unfortunately, all of us are stuck at home right now because of COVID. <laughs> and so it's, it's a little challenging for robots to move throughout the home while everyone's there. And so that's really important because we can trigger from other IoT devices within the home to know when you leave. And that's all set up through our iRobot home app. So when you leave, the robot starts cleaning. And when you come back, either through a deadbolt or the garage door, um, they're called if connections. Um, and so when we can tell that the user now has come back home, we can put the robot back on its base. So it's kind of invisible that the cleaning is happening and you just come home and the house is clean. So this home app has been like more of a home control and really important for the experience. How important was it to make sure that you were compatible and you had that, that compatibility with the other IoT devices and the smart home devices? Was it something that was always on the roadmap or was it something that progressed over time because you saw how the, the space was growing? It continues to progress over time. I think um, the iRobot vision is that we're not only going to be a vacuum in the house. That's where we want to play right now in floor care. But we want to be much more than that. It's, it's all about the smart home. And that's really where um, it excites us, uh, where we want to go with the future. And so we have this relationship I mentioned with IFT. Um, for all of the, the geeks out there, it's, you know, the community that's called If Then, Then That. Um, but it's a whole consortium of devices that you can set up for smart home connections. And iRobot has an exclusivity with them right now. So we partner with them very strongly. Um, in addition, we have very tight connections uh, over the years with Amazon, um, where they're going uh, with Google, uh, how do we interact with their voice, um, and other platforms you'll, you'll start to see coming through on our devices. So it's not just about our our device, it's really about how does it function within your your home, that personalized experience to you. You know, one of the things I wanted to bring up, and again, this is open to both of you. This can be for Brent as well. Uh, one of the things that Mark and I talk about on the show pretty consistently is barrier to entry. And we look at products, especially products that we love and that we see value in, that we see pe people using every day and say, okay, there's always going to be a group of people that say, you know what, uh, that might not be for me because didn't fill in the blank here. And you have people listening that say, you know what, in my house, I have the flat floors, I have the hardwood, but then I have area rugs and the robot's not going to know what to do if it gets to the area. But but that's not true because the if I'm not mistaken, Roomba especially can adapt to different surfaces and learns the room, knows where to knows what a rug is, knows what a hardwood floor is. So that shouldn't be a barrier to entry. That's not something that should frighten people because the robot will learn. Right. Absolutely. It's it's funny. Um you know, we design our robots not just to work in North America. We design our work. We design our robots to work around the world in all types of homes, picking up all different types of dirt and debris, all types of floor surfaces. We really have to make a robot that is incredibly flexible to operate in all these environments. And so, regardless of what your home type is, our Roomba can manage it. How do you actually accomplish that? I'm, I'm curious for those people who and I guess for those people who've never actually used a Roomba, you know, the, you know, it's a, it's a it's a circle, you know, basically a disc that navigates your home, which is actually phenomenal because it can get under places that I can't even with a vacuum. Um, so how, how does it navigate those surfaces and how does it know what is, for example, you know, a stairwell going downstairs that may be the end of its life? <laughs> <laughs> So a good, that's a, a really good question. So um, at a high level, specifically like to the stairwell example, um, the way it knows that is we actually have cliff sensors all around the bottom of the robot. So whenever it approaches an edge or a drop off, it, it detects it. So it's basically an IR sensor it detects that and says, oh, wait, we don't want to go there. And it backs <laughs> off and continues cleaning. 
Uh, but in terms of like your bigger question, like how we make this work, I mean, it, really what it comes down to is just a, a, a huge concerted effort by a lot of really talented engineers and designers um, and a ton of testing. And again, not just in North America, but we're also testing in Europe, we're testing in Latin America, we're testing in Japan, we're testing in China. So we're testing around the world because all the floors are different. You know, in North America, we have tend to have more carpet than anywhere else in the world. In China, they tend to have more tile floor. Um, so you learn about all these different things and we have to make this robot that's really universal that can operate uh, extremely well in all these types of environments. It's, it's, it's kind of like a Mars rover without like the extremes in temperature or the distance travel. <laughs> Michelle, talk talk about uh, talk about genius and and talk about how it came to be, and 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 you know when you're looking at a product like this, I you know in my mind or in some people's mind they say okay this is great this is what the product does, um, so it's hard to envision where that product can be whether it be hardware or software wise in five years from now. I'm not asking you to tell me what what's coming next and the secrets, but I'm curious you want how to. that pro yeah of course I'm curious <laughs> what that process is and how you how you get to those steps and those stages. It's also been built over a few years. Um, I would say, again, one of our um, our pride is our, our users, our, our actual customers who have the Roombas in their house. Um, with them, uh, again, we've been collecting data for the past five years. We have close to 7 million connected users right now. And so we're learning what they're doing. We're trying to anticipate um, how, you know, where are they having challenges? When, how frequently are they cleaning? Um, and what, it, what would help them be successful with the mission? And so taking all of this data and your point with bringing the AI into it, um, but making those recommendations and making the suggestions for users. So, you know, for example, if we know um, allergy season is soon upon us, um, all of us are starting to feel it a little bit with the, the changing of the season. Um, we can actually make a recommendation uh, to the, our customers to say, maybe you want to start cleaning a little bit more frequently inside to get rid of some of that dust. Uh, we also have that same recommendation on the flip side when we go into spring. We know many people that have the um, room at devices are also pet owners, sometimes two or three pets. And um, when we go into the spring, shedding is a really big problem. And so we can make a recommendation and say, would you like to clean more often because it is shedding season and we can actually set a schedule up for them. The user could have done all this themselves. It's just assisting them and providing them that recommendation because you're not always thinking, oh yeah, it's shedding season until like you're two months into it or two weeks into it and your house is a mess. So we can proactively do that based on where, where we know they live. So it's this genius of just trying to solve just common problems that they may have. Um, again, if you're standing in the kitchen and I'm not a very good cook, I'll admit it, but, but there's always stuff <laughs> on the floor. Um, I don't have a dog anymore. Uh, so the, it's quite messy. And so one of the things we've done is we, we recognize where you want to clean most and where people want to clean most is typically around food, uh, which is also typically in the kitchen or in the TV room. And so what we've done with Genius is we've actually um, identified objects uh, in your house. And so the three most important ones to get to those places is a table, um, a cabinet, so those are recognizing your kitchen area, or a sofa for the, the TV area. And so you can do a, 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 we call them like a spot clean, but it's a precision clean zone. So I can say, come, come clean by the cabinet immediately when I'm done cooking and it takes five minutes as opposed to having to set it up to do the entire kitchen, which may take a half hour. And I can do this all with voice. So again, if my hands are gross or and there's stuff on the floor, it's just doing its own thing. 
it's kind of like a pet beneath you. So it's kind of a, a fun thing. But again, we are looking at this where we're taking it for five years. So your point is, yes, we're already working on 2.0. Yes, we're looking at 3.0. Um, we're also making some additional robots and how do we make them more intelligent? So it's kind of combining the, the, the technology with the usability for the customers and how can we make it function best for them in their house? What, what I love about this is we often get this question and we do a lot of interviews, especially most recently about AI. And mm -hmm. people tend to be scared off when they hear that term. They think Terminator. They think, you know, Skynet and the world's going to explode. <laughs> but this is such a great example of AI in, in places that we don't even think about it, where it's kind of passively helping us. And it has been for many, many years. And, I, and I'll pass. I'll, I'll, I'll segue this into, into Mitchell, because I know he has a question about the lineup itself. Well, yeah, no, I, you know, I also wanted to show some love to the uh, the Brava series, which is, you know, the uh, robotic mop. Now, I got so excited. Yes, I'm a grown man. I like to clean, and I got excited when I heard this product was released. Don't judge me. So I was very excited about the ro the robotic mops as well. And then I thought to myself, well, here's a nice first world problem, guys. What if you can't decide? Well, you know, I have this order of cleaning. Everyone likes to vacuum first, and then they like to come in and do the mopping afterwards, right? So that's the way. You know, oh, I, I can't get the mop going because there's dirt on the floor. So everyone has this sort of idea of how the how the flow of their cleaning works. So here comes the first world problem or really solution. Can you have a Roomba and a Brava working in tandem together in the same area where one does its sweep first and, the other, and then the other one comes in and finishes mopping? Is that a thing? Uh, so right now we have imprint link and it is sequential. So Roomba would come in and clean one area um, that you specify to, it would go back and dock and then Bravo would go out and mop afterwards. So oh, unfortunately awesome. we don't have that, you know, kind of the fifth element where you have the robots standing by working in concert going around. It's not <laughs> quite, as, quite as cool as that, but um, it actually is very effective in giving you uh, very clean floors. No, that's exactly what I was asking though. That It does exactly what I was talking about where one does its thing first, the other one comes in. I mean, if you have both of these, they can work in harmony and that's a really cool thing. I never, I could just sit down and name my, name my products and, and watch them do all the work. People I think do it's name fabulous. them all over the place. They name them all oh, the yeah. time. Oh yeah. My pool skimmer's Hermione. I, I get that. <laughs> you know it's what, true. Guys, She's... I, have, I have a brilliant idea here and you know, you can have this idea for your next device. But, we, you know, we talked about the vacuuming and the mopping, but there's always that dusting step first, right? To make sure that all the dust gets on the ground. So I'm thinking, <laughs> I'm thinking flying robot with a duster. Uh, you, a wall you guys, crawler, you know, a wall you guys, crawling you guys, duster. You guys can yeah. work out the kinks, you know, <laughs> and the details. But I think it's definitely, definitely a product. But can you, can you walk us through, um, you know, for those who are now going to go out and, and obviously want to buy one of these, where is the best place to start? Because you do have a, a vast lineup of robots. And where is, and obviously this is going to be subjective, but where would you recommend people start when they're going down this journey? What questions do they ask themselves to decide which one is good for them? I think the best place to start off is irobot.ca. So I think if you go there, um, you can see our full lineup that we offer. Um, and irobot.com, obviously, if you're in the United States. Um, and one of the beautiful things they have there is they actually have a, a kind of a form where you can go through and it'll ask you a series of questions and kind of guide you to what kind of product you're looking for. So uh, we have everything from the top of the line, which is the Roomba S9 and the S9 Plus, all the way down to actually the newly introduced uh, Roomba i3 and i3 Plus, which is kind of our, our new entry level product. Um, that includes auto evacuation, which is perfect for first time owners or people that are um, looking to upgrade. I like it. Okay, so I got a question. My last question to kind of close close things off here, which is, 
you know, on the customer service side, I know you guys are awesome. What is the strangest thing <laughs> that someone has called it and said, this is stuck in my vacuum that you've heard? Oh, boy. Pandora's box. Yeah, here we go. The strangest thing. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what the strangest thing is. We get a lot of calls about a lot of different <laughs> things. People are very passionate about their robots. It's uh, I, kind of off topic, but I, I think it's worth noting. We actually... Um, you know, we have owners that uh, have an older Roombas, like even like the 500 series, which is, I think at this point, over 10 years old, um, mm. that still want to fix their robot because it may have broken, right? It's, it's 10 years old. It's over 10, 10 years old, right? And, uh, you know, we, we don't necessarily support it anymore, but we also have a lot of parts around the office and so whenever there's a call like that it, it's inevitably ends up with people looking through drawers and stuff like that to find replacement <laughs> parts because it's, what's really interesting is in a lot of these situations we'll just offer to replace it and they don't want to part with it because it's not just a robot to them it's, it's part of the memory. family part of the yeah. family yeah and uh and i i totally get it i, I get it and uh so we we do we do our best and customer care really goes that that last mile to accommodate and really help uh, help our customers because they they know it's important to us as well. Now we had a you know, Mitchell Mitchell wasn't part of the briefing I had a couple of days ago and I was telling my son about about the interview that was coming up and I was explaining to him something that you told me Brent about the fact that you guys have what is a four thousand square foot home in your in your yeah. warehouses in your op- to test this stuff out. Can it just <laughs> for the for my son's benefit? Can you can you tell him that I'm not lying to him? You actually have a house built in your a test your, home. Your, exactly. Yeah, we, we have a test home built in our offices. It's actually 4,400 square feet. Um, it's quite sizable. And this is, you know, when when we do all of our testing, you know, it, it's basically, you know, we do things like, uh, you know, we do benchtop testing, we do lab testing, and then we do a home testing. And so uh, before we actually start sending out to all these different customers to test at a larger scale, we test it inside in our own personal home. So. Um, that allows us to introduce all sorts of weird kind of environmental conditions where a robot may normally get stuck, but allows us to kind of view, test, uh, analyze, and improve uh, in those particular situations. You know what? You know what, Brent? I, I thought we were done, but now, you know, it's a huge smile on my face. We have all these other questions because, uh, you know, one answer leads to other questions because we're having so much fun. And, you know, Michelle brought up uh, pets, brought up dogs. So do you have, you know, do you, you know, factor in interactivity with animals obviously these are these products are animal safe and there's that sort of testing but do you test interactivity with animals how they react to the Roomba or do you hear feedback from customers how their pets interact with these devices what about that we don't it it, and I would say the majority of our robot employees have pets so we get it kind of indirectly from our employees and certainly our customers are not shy about posting uh, cat videos <laughs> and uh, stuff like that, riding on Roombas or dogs where the room is kind of going around it. I mean, it's gotten to the point where you even put in like Easter eggs for like Alexa, where, it's, you, know, where you can actually have, if you're connected, you could have Alexa say, you know, uh, give my cat a ride. And that that's a code word in Easter egg to start the Roomba cleaning. So oh, know, that's we, awesome. It, it's definitely part of the, it's part of our DNA, right? Um, we all love animals and we want to make sure our robots work well with animals. And so uh, we get a lot of that testing. And I think a lot of the customers send in their videos to us that we actually put on our social media as well. So you'll, you will see the cat <laughs> dragging around behind it. Um, I know that most of the people, either the dogs love them or hate them similar to other vacuums, but um, once they, well, I was going to say, once they get into the house and they start to become part of the family, they tolerate them and, and they move away. And 
some, some still find them intriguing, but most of the part, they just leave them alone. So it's always interesting <laughs> the first couple of weeks when they're interacting together. Um, right. But it, the more frequently you run them, the more they get used to them. So yes, it's, it's always, it's fun to watch them. Children too, if you have small children, the favorite thing they love to do is crawl over and touch that start button. So, um, you know, <laughs> oh, that watching... coloring. Uh, all my Roombas are different colors, thanks to uh, uh, yeah, a uh, twelve pack of crayon. <laughs> oh God, <laughs> I love it. Well, guys, you know what? Thank, thank you so much. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us. Um, you were gracious enough to send me the i seven, which is now upstairs uh, currently cleaning. So we're gonna follow, <laughs> we're gonna follow up and uh, and have you guys back on in, in a couple months and talk about my experience. And uh, I'll give you some first hand experience, uh, first hand uh, you know feedback there as well. Uh, I'm working on trying to trying to train mine to go up and down the stairs, so I don't need one for each floor. So I'll, I'll let you know how that goes. It might be an <laughs> elevator, maybe some kind of cranking involved. But uh, I encourage our listeners to head over to irobot.ca or irobot.com to obviously check it out for yourself and of course continue to follow us here for uh, for my first hand speed feedback um we're going to take a quick break and come back here on your tech report there's more your tech report after this i'm matt kundle host of the sound off podcast the show about podcast and broadcast since 2016 we've been speaking with amazing people who have populated your ears for decades Legendary broadcasters, research wizards, talent experts, podcasters, voice talent. Almost 400 stories, all for free. Subscribe or follow the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at soundoffpodcast.com. It is your favorite girl. That's right. It's the Ali Mars, the one and the only. Everyone else just ain't me. I am the host of Welcome to Mars, a lifestyle podcast where nothing is off the table. I have come a long way from sex and dating and have transformed the new vibe to all things lifestyle. We still talk sex, but I'm more interested in the journey, where people have come from, how they made it, and where they're going. Subscribe or follow to a brand new look and a brand new era. Welcome to Mars. Subscribe or follow on Apple, Spotify, Google, or at theallymars.com. Because even with the new look, I'm still that same bitch you love to hate. 